Welcome back to another installment of To Honesty and Comeuppance, an Attack on Titan fanfiction written by yours truly, Tolstoy Ackerman. This fanfiction is hosted on AO3. You can find it either by clicking on my website in my profile or by going directly to AO3 and searching either for my author name, Tolstoy Ackerman, two words, or the title of the fic itself, To Honesty and Comeuppance. Standard disclaimer, I do not own Attack on Titan, I only own the original characters here within, and this is entirely non-for-profit. Uh, thanks again for listening in to another chapter. Very excited to be getting into the canon areas that we're familiar with. This fic is mostly canon adherent at the start. We're going to see some minor changes because, honestly, if... I introduce an OC, but nothing whatsoever changes in canon. That OC becomes redundant and useless. So I've made some minor tweaks here and there, and I hope that you enjoy them. We'll start to see those here soon. All right, let's get right into it. Without further ado, let's get into chapter 10. Chapter 10, Street Performances. All the rooms in the castle finally passed Levi's muster shortly before nightfall, and the team started making dinner. Eden and Himmel stood awkwardly in the doorway of the kitchen as the rest of Team Levi set about making a vegetable stew. Each one had a task, and they knew them without instruction, and Eden and Himmel were left to watch. Levi looked up from the potatoes he was peeling, and to them, You two, start drawing water for the baths. Eden and Himmel went to the well and started drawing up buckets. He sighed. It feels weird, doesn't it? she said. You've always had Armin and Mikasa, so you must feel all the more awkward not knowing anyone. He nodded. Well, we have each other. And besides, it's only the first day. We're going to be out here for a while, so don't sweat it. Yeah. Thanks, Himmel. No problem. Take this bucket. I'll follow you once I get this one full. They repeated the laborious task of filling bucket after bucket of water and hauling it to the large wooden tub that was on the eastern wall of the castle, under a small cloth awning, until it was full enough for someone to use and headed back inside. It was perfect timing, as the rest of the team had finished dinner and bowls of steaming stew with bread sat waiting on the long table. Himmel and Eden took seats with them, at the end of the table. Levi sat at the head, surveying everyone boredly before taking a bite out of the bread. Everyone tucked into the meal. Himmel stared down at the stew. Eden looked to the stew and to her face, or rather, her mask, probably thinking the exact same thing she was. How could she eat this without everyone seeing her mouth? I think we should have self-introductions, Petra said, smiling down at everyone. Don't you think so, Captain? Yeah, you start, Petra. They worked their way down from the head of the table, with Petra, followed by Eld, Oruo, and Gunther. Eren went next, and finally only Himmel remained. I'm Himmelswhite, from the Undercity, 32 years old. I was asked to join the Survey Corps by Commander Erwin and Levi three years ago, and I went through training with the 104th. As you know, I was asked to run supply missions mainly to Nedley last winter. I also went rogue during Trost. And now I am here, willing to help mankind however I may. Mel, explain the mask. She swallowed. All of them were staring intently at her. My mouth is stuck in a smile, she said. Most people find it unsettling, and I'm ashamed of it, so I prefer to conceal it. Were you in an accident? Petra asked. Yes. Oi, I said no secrets, and I meant it, Levi snapped. 
This team's success is rooted entirely in trust. Spill it. Himmel blinked back furious tears. This was a downright abuse of Levi's powers as her superior, and betrayal filled her veins like unctuous oil. When I was a child, a client got very mad that I couldn't keep smiling. And I was made so that I could always smile. Eden's eyes grew wide. Client? Himmel, did they... The woman in charge of me got one coin, and I got, she said, untying the bandana and placing it on the table, this beautiful smile. Everyone at the table, minus Levi, were gawking at her, horrified, either by her tail, her appearance, or both. Fighting all these titans like we do, sometimes I forget that there are plenty of humans that are monsters too, Oluo said. Himmel felt as though she had been lashed, and she swiftly ducked her head and reaffixed her bandana. Oluo suddenly grew flustered as Petra punched him hard in the shoulder. No, not you. I meant the people that did that to you. Oluo, you're better off biting your tongue, Elda said. He then looked down the table at Himmel with warmth in his eyes. If you're used to hiding it for so long, I'm sure it may be difficult for you to do, but none of us mind if you go without the mask. Everyone nodded in agreement, Eden and Oluo the most vigorously. Himmel wiped at her watery eyes. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Must be a pain in the ass trying to eat with that thing on, Gunther said. She nodded, and then slowly removed the bandana once more. No one was looking at her in shock or disgust. They were welcoming her. Himmel felt a massive knot in her chest suddenly diffuse. Her eyes teasing, she said, and now Levi should tell everyone about the second chapter of my life. Ah, the first time I saw Mel, she was absolutely filthy, covered head to foot in blood. Her eyes shot wide. That's where you're starting? Yeah, at the beginning. She looked like she'd gone swimming in the stuff. You were naked and all you had was a knife. We were... seven? She nodded, swallowing. She cherished the memory of Levi finding her, but she hated thinking of anything that happened even a second before he came into her life. I got her cleaned up, mugged someone for the money to get her a clean outfit. And after a few weeks of getting her socialized, we started conning upsiders out of money. After that, we started robbing. At first, we were just doing enough to keep ourselves fed and clothed, Himmel said. But then I talked Levi into doing bigger jobs so we could help other people in the Undercity. This fucking idiot's eyes were bigger than her stomach, though. The amount of times you almost got us killed. You mean you almost got yourself killed. I was always fine. See? A reckless idiot with a martyr complex. You haven't changed at all in 25 years. She rolled her eyes. We got our hands on ODM gear at one point, and that boosted our productivity. But then Mel got those swords of hers, and she quit wanting to use ODM. She wanted to get bigger hauls. And I just wanted to have a low profile, so we parted ways. We went a decade without seeing each other, until Erwin asked me if I knew anyone that could fight a titan without shitting themselves. He had left out the small detail that those bigger halls had led to the two of them ruling over almost all of the Undercity, except for Utopia, and he also hadn't bothered to divulge exactly what they had been to each other by the end. If he wanted to keep those aspects secret, that was fine by her. She said, When Levi and I parted ways, I started working solo. I usually attacked merchant wagons and stole their cargo to give to people in need. Sometimes I did the occasional kidnapping or hit if the money was good enough. So, hold on, you knew the captain when he was a kid? Petra asked, glossing over every other dark thing that the two of them had divulged. 
Do you have any embarrassing stories about him? Oi, Petra. Levi looked truly foul. Everyone had forgotten their stew and was now leaning in, looking at Himmel hungrily. Levi, meanwhile, was looking at her with every intention of skinning her if she spoke. I know where he learned his spinning technique, she said. Knock it off. Oh my god, really? He was the first soldier to use it, and almost everyone else who tries it fails. Want to give them a demonstration, Levi, for old times' sake? Fuck no. Everyone in the group seemed to deflate. At least show us one of the cons you guys used to do, Captain, Eden begged. You could do that, Eld encouraged. No secrets, Petra said. Levi looked positively furious, but Himmel figured it wasn't a very big ask, considering what he had just forced her to reveal to everyone. Can't do it on a full stomach, he said, tersely. Ah, that's a good point. Then it's decided. Tomorrow, Himmel said. I didn't decide shit. Yes, training might actually be fun for a change. Can't wait to see it. Himmel laughed as Levi's expression turned stormier. She had won this battle. Dinner was fun, and though she was still incredibly conscious of her mouth being exposed, she could tell that they had all been sincere when they said it didn't bother them. Even though she knew that at some point she would have to reveal her smile to them, she hadn't expected that she would also have to reveal how she had gotten it. Levi was the only person who knew anything about that story, and it felt rather like a betrayal of trust for him to force her to divulge something so deeply painful. Though, she realized through the team's conversations during dinner, Levi had also revealed more about himself to them than he ever had previously. None of it was as a difficult subject matter, but he was their leader, and his image mattered more than hers. They drank some tea after dinner, and then everyone headed to their rooms. The next morning, they would be training from sunrise, though she didn't know what training with Levi entailed. Before she could head up the stairs, Eden halted her. Ah, uh, Himmel, can I talk to you for a second? Sure. Levi gave the two a stern look. I'm working you both until you collapse tomorrow, so get to bed quick. Yeah, yeah, good night, Captain, Himmel said. And even though it was the first time she had bothered to call him by his title, it only made his glower become more intense. I'm only going to say this once, but just because we're childhood friends doesn't mean you can disobey orders. I have no intention of disobeying orders, I can promise you that. But I'm not going to change who I am. Get your asses in bed soon. He turned around and disappeared upstairs to his quarters. Now it was just Himmel and Eden, and they both sat down at the now empty and clean table. What's up? she asked. Well, I just wanted to apologize. For what? That first mission we went on with you, when Connie tried to pull off your mask? We were assholes. Himmel laughed. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's natural to be curious. I only reacted the way I did because being woken up suddenly always kicks me into survival mode. That wasn't Connie's fault. Was that all you wanted to talk about? There's one more thing, Eden said. Only now he wasn't meeting her eyes. She waited. The captain said that when he first met you, you were covered in blood. And I was wondering. Mikasa and I, we killed some bandits when we were nine. They had murdered her parents. That's a very hard thing to have gone through. I can see why your bond is so deep. I was wondering, how did it feel when you... Her stare began to harden. She had a feeling she knew where this was going. Put your thoughts together and ask me directly. At the tribunal, 
The MPs revealed what Mikasa and I had done. They said that it was something no ordinary children would do, that it was proof I was a monster. But back then when I did that, all I was thinking about was saving Mikasa, a girl who had done nothing wrong, from people who were evil. And to this day, I feel the same. So I want to know, how did you feel? Because you're not a monster. <laughs> you know, I think you're very sweet for believing I'm not a monster. Himmel sighed and drew her feet up onto the chair, drawing her knees to her chest. But the fact of the matter is, I don't feel things like other people do. When I kill titans, I feel nothing other than relief that my teammates are safe. And when I kill humans, most of the time, I feel nothing. Nothing at all. But when I killed her, I felt free. Like I was flying high up in the blue sky I'd heard people talk about. I got to leave that room. I got to leave that life. I got to choose my own path. All because I killed her. Do you think that makes me a monster? No. You deserved to be free. And that was your only choice. I would have done the same. Himmel made a soft sound of amusement. <laughs> Maybe we're both monsters. They said goodnight to each other, and Himmel stood on the first stair, watching him go down the stairs to the dark cellar with a candle in hand, and then headed to her chambers. She closed the door and the windows, penned a reply to Levi, slid it under his door, returned to her room, and dozed off, sitting against the wall. Why did you think my haircut was a bad idea? Signed, Himmel. At sunrise, everyone in the castle began to move. Himmel had been awake for several hours already and had bathed, drained and cleaned the tub, and washed the uniform she had rode and cleaned in the previous day. Now they were hanging out to dry. Out of habit, she went to tie her hair up in a bandana, but it was so short and lovely now that she had no need to. She refrained from tying the one around her mouth as well, though that proved more difficult. They all had a breakfast of bread and water, and then Levi led them outside, where everyone engaged in the customary warm-up stretches. They were all in full battle gear, including blade boxes, and Himmel was suddenly reminded that they were supposed to be ready to cut Eden down if he posed a risk. Today we practice sparring, Levi said. Eden, you're sitting here. He pointed at the wooden bench and table. I can't train with the others? We have your promise that you won't transform, but I'm not taking any risks. Eden's dejection was palpable as he took a seat. Himmel still didn't think his treatment was fair, and she wanted to try to lift his spirits. Before we begin, should we show the team one of our little parlor tricks? Levi looked like he was about to point a blade at her. You think we can do it with our full gear on? She looked him up and down, taking in his height, build, clothing, and gear. The results were inconclusive, so with a token, excuse me. She lifted him up by the arms like he was a small child. What? He snarled. And just as quickly, she set him back down. Yeah, no problem. You ready? Ready to murder you. Great. Himmel pulled two bandanas out of her pocket. She tied one around her mouth and tied the other into a little round sack that she placed on the grass before them. All of the team watched eagerly while Levi looked like he would sooner get struck by lightning. She turned to her audience and said, Okay, now just imagine that Levi and me are seven-year-olds, which actually, given our height, shouldn't be too much of a stretch of the imagination. She clapped her hands and said in a bright, booming voice, Come one, come all, ladies and gentlemen, to feast your eyes on what may be the most impressive feat you will ever see. 
My name is Sunshine, and this is my brother Levi. Today, we are prepared to show you one of the most difficult, incredible feats of the human body imaginable. Some of you may even decide it is magic. Gather round, gather round. For fuck's sake, Levi muttered as everyone drew closer. You don't have to do the shtick, too. I think my dear audience can see why I was given the name Sunshine and my brother wasn't, she continued. And she saw a couple of them work very, very hard not to smile. Now, I'm sure that all of you at some point have played with this toy. She pulled a simple red top out from her pocket and put it on the palm of her hand. She gave it a vigorous spin and it twirled on her palm smoothly. Yes, a common top. Nothing special about it at all. Even this. She slid her palm back and the top glided from her palm to the tip of her index finger. It's something most children can do. But what if I told you that I could do the exact same thing, not with a top, but with something much bigger? Where the fuck did you even find a top? Levi hissed. Why, yes, you see, my brother does indeed have a nickname. It is the Human Top. Now watch as I spin him just as quickly and dexterously as I did this top. Oh! Okay, big brother, are you ready? I'm going to make every second of your life a fucking nightmare. That's exactly what I want to hear. But first, let's up the ante a little bit, shall we? You there, boy, pull this belt out of my pocket and bind my right arm to my side. Eden got up and pulled one of their uniform belts out of her other pocket and eagerly fastened her right arm to her side, then sat down again, absolutely wrapped. Himmel raised her left hand directly above her head. Okay, big brother, ready when you are. Levi stood incredibly still, a few meters from her, his face the very essence of murderous intent. He slid off his boots and socks, exhaled long, and tossed his neck back and popped it. And then he dashed, closing the distance between them in a matter of an instant, and leapt as if taking flight, arms spread wide and legs together. Straight as a board, expression just as lifeless, he landed with the tops of his abs perfectly on Himmel's palm audience was spellbound. And here we go! Himmel pushed up, tossing Levi a few millimeters into the air, and he landed on the tips of her five fingers. She could feel his abs tensed and ready, and she began to rotate him on her five fingers, twisting her wrist to increase the speed with which he spun. Around and around he went, picking up velocity until he became blurry, his green survey corps cape fluttering violently. Everyone applauded and gawked unabashedly. Oh, but this is just a warm-up, ladies and gentlemen. Just as I transferred that little wooden top from my palm to my index finger, I will do the same thing with my brother. What? We'll just pick up a little bit more speed. Hemel twirled her wrist and fingers even faster, and then she pushed up much harder than last time, giving Levi the vertical momentum and height he needed to stand upright and land the ball of his right foot on her index finger, spinning even faster than he had before. The entire team erupted in shouts and applause, and Himmel laughed unabashedly. <laughs> the nice thing about this top is that unlike the little children's toys, this one will do as you command. Human top, stop! Levi froze on the spot, not a single hair out of place. His mouth was just a dangerously straight line, but his eyes were saying, I will cut you into little pieces if you so much as make a sound. She pushed up once more to allow him to land on her broader palm, and then tossed him once more. This time, he landed on the grass beside her. Himmel bowed deeply, and Levi stomped back to his socks and boots. See? That's why he's so good at spinning. 
Himmel said as she undid the belt that bound her arm. Everyone tried so very hard to keep it cool. They really did. But Oluo cracked first, and then the entire team was rolling with laughter, except for Levi, who was tightening the lace of his boots with malice. You're all training until sundown. No lunch, no breaks. Himmel thought it was worth it. Sparring was done in rotating pairs. It was rather awkward to do hand-to-hand combat with the blade boxes, as their placement made certain moves difficult. Even though Himmel had fought wearing ODM gear before she joined the military, she didn't have blade boxes often. And during her training, hand-to-hand was always done without ODM gear. She was at a very clear disadvantage at first, not only because of the gear, but because she had no idea how any of them fought. But sparring with each and every one of them was important to the team. It was incredible just how much you could learn about a person by how they held themselves, which moves they favored, when they chose to dodge, and when they chose to block. I suppose it makes sense that you don't fight using the standard moves, Eld commented as he swung a right hook. Himmel swooped low to avoid it, and then threw a punch at his gut that he blocked with a forearm swipe. I did make sure to learn and do them as I was told. You're better off doing what comes naturally to you. She liked Eld. Switch. At Levi's command, half the group shuffled to their next partner. Himmel left Eld with a thanks and came to stand before her next opponent, none other than Levi himself. Despite having sparred with three people for over two hours, he showed no signs of tiredness. He hadn't even broken a sweat. Though his expression was blank, he radiated an icy fury for what she had made him do earlier. Take off the blade boxes, he ordered. Somewhat surprised, she did as told while he did the same. Since you insist on throwing us back into the past today, we'll spar like we used to. Himmel's eyes lit up in excitement. I feel like you're spoiling me. It's going to turn into a punishment here in a few seconds, he said, shrugging off his jacket. He folded it up neatly and placed it on the bench beside Eden, and Himmel mimicked him. The two of them distanced themselves from the bench and the other team members. They were well aware of each other's fighting styles and the space they would need. A meter was between them, and Himmel took him in. His stance was the relaxed, casual one he had at all times, not only making it impossible to tell whether he intended to be offensive or defensive, but also making it clear that he felt no nervousness over their fight whatsoever. Himmel, however, wasn't one to hide things. Her big green eyes were eager as she placed her left foot forward and sank into a defensive stance. She would have him attack first. There was no starting gun, nothing to announce the start of their spar, other than Levi lunging at her. At the very last second, he drew a fist back and swung it at her neck, and Himmel arched into a backflip, thrusting her feet up viciously in the hopes of landing a kick to his chin, but he, of course, sidestepped her. Back on her feet again, she charged forward, aiming first a right punch to his face that he easily blocked, but not a split second after she had swung her fist, she leaned forward with her left elbow, ready to drive into his gut. Levi was as fast as ever. The hand he had raised to block her punch, he then used to wrap around her neck, turning his body so that he avoided her elbow as well, and then swiftly tightened his grip around her neck into a firm chokehold. You get too used to using those swords while we were apart, he said. Just got better at playing the opponent is all, she managed, and in one fluid movement, she grabbed him by the biceps, thrust her ass into his crotch, kicked one of his shins, and then used his shock and backward momentum to hurl him over her head and onto the ground. Himmel wasn't going to give him time to get back up. She fell with him, straddling his hips and pinning his arms. He tried to raise his arms, but she had always had that monstrous strength. The only way he'd be able to get her to loosen her grip was if he managed to surprise her, and they both knew it. 
Levi rocked to the right, and Himmel placed more of her weight to the left to counteract, but then he reversed and shoved hard to the left. He used her weight against her and managed to roll on top of her, gripping the collar of her white uniform shirt as he wrapped his legs around hers in a vice grip. So now how are you going to get out of this? he asked. His expression was as unreadable as ever, but she could see the amusement flickering in his eyes. He was having as much fun as she was. I'm going to have apples for lunch, she said. His eyes grew wide. Mel, you... But before he could brace or prevent her, she wrenched one of her legs out of the tangle with his to jam her knee into his crotch and then brought the other leg straight up as she rolled backwards, throwing him off her and into the air. Now they were both on their feet again. Neither of them could be kept pinned. That much was certain. The only way they could hope to win was to land a blow. Do you want to up the ante? she asked. What do you have in mind? She pulled a knife out of her boot. He gave an amused snort and withdrew a knife from his own boot. This may as well be a declaration of defeat from you. You know that, don't you? Himmel just laughed. I've gotten better with blades since we last messed around. Levi still favored that backhand hold, she noted, while she used the traditional. It was comforting, in a way, to see that despite the change in their ages and circumstances, some things had remained the same. Losers in charge of stitches, Levi said, and before Himmel could voice her agreement, he was coming at her. Captain, we're not supposed to train with real weapons, Petra objected. Himmel and Levi were moving so quickly, slashing and dodging and blocking and swooping low, that Himmel wasn't even sure where Petra and the others were. All she knew was that if she took her eyes off Levi, if she failed to devote every ounce of focus to him, she would lose. Levi would have usually said something to Petra in reply, but he seemed too lost in their spar. The blank look he favored so often had been replaced with one of much deeper concentration. Himmel managed to get in the first hit, a light cut to his side. His shirt ripped, and the smallest bit of blood began to stain it. It was only a moment after that that he managed to slice her bicep, and then the top of her right hand. In her shock, she dropped her knife. Levi held the tip of his blade to her throat, and she laughed. <laughs> There's no beating you in a knife fight, she admitted. You were stupid for thinking that had changed. I prefer the term optimistic. Levi took out a handkerchief from his pocket and wiped her blood off his knife before putting it back in his boot. Everyone keeps sparring. I meant it when I said no lunch and no breaks. We're going to get stitched up. All the team members acknowledged his order, and Himmel followed him inside. She wondered why he had brought them in here, away from all the others, when they could have brought the first aid kit outside and done it there, where Levi could still supervise his men. Don't drip on the floors, he said, handing her the handkerchief he had used earlier. She pressed it to her hand, which was bleeding rather profusely. There was a large wooden chest full of various medical supplies in a corner of the kitchen, and from within it he grabbed a small box that had thread and a fishhook needle, as well as bandages, antiseptic, and a cloth. Then he led her upstairs into his room, closing the door behind him. Now she was definitely suspicious. Why are we doing this here? Why not? He unfastened the ODM gear belts on his chest and set the apparatus on the desk. Then he sat down on his bed and undid his ascot. Himmel watched as he took off his shirt, undoing one button at a time with those nimble fingers, to reveal what had to be the most perfect body in existence. Being in the military, Himmel had truly been spoiled when it came to eye candy, but there was something so different about Levi compared to those she had spent three years training with. The power, the maturity, the experience that she could see in every movement he made was spellbinding. Himmel sat down beside him, trying and failing not to stare. 
Would you mind if I did my hand first? I don't want to bleed on you and your nice white sheets. I cut you a bit deeper than I meant to, Levi said. Here. He soaked one of the claws they brought in a basin on his desk, wrung it, took her hand in his, and dabbed at the wound. His palm and his fingers were calloused like any good soldier's, and she was surprised by how cool he was to the touch, as well as how gentle he was being. I thought I was in charge of stitches, she said. You will be after I do this one. It was very quiet in the room. All there was to be heard was their breathing, as Levi set to work. He had done this many a time, and he moved with precision. After disinfecting the cut, he threaded the needle and began stitching, intent on her hand. A lot of the men in the survey corps, they let their hand-to-hand get rusty, he said. Punching a titan would probably be counterproductive. Mm. Some of them think that our only enemies are outside the walls, but you and I know better. She nodded. Tell me if I'm overstepping, but has Commander Erwin been able to find any of the people he suspects are titans like Eden? You are overstepping. He's making plans. Changing the subject, she said. I hope you aren't too angry about this morning. After trust, everyone needed some levity. It's just shit that it was at my expense. He nodded and snipped the thread and then disinfected the needle. Take off your shirt. Himmel's eyes shot wide open. What? It'll be too difficult for you to see that cut and stitch it yourself. Take off your shirt. She fixed him with a hard stare, trying to see what he was thinking. But he was at his most unreadable, on purpose, no doubt. After a few moments of indecision, she took off her boots, turned so she could sit on her knees on his bed, and then pulled off her shirt. She folded it carefully and placed it on her lap, and then looked up at him. He made no attempt to hide his staring, but his expression was so blank that she couldn't tell if he liked what he saw. She wondered whether he even liked women with larger breasts. They weren't to everyone's taste, after all, and the first book he had sent her had had a woman with much smaller tits than Himmel. I don't get it, he said. What? He reached out and dragged an index finger down from the tip of her sternum to her belly button, causing her to shiver. You have the strength of someone three times your size, but you aren't muscular. It was true. Himmel lacked the standard physique of an accomplished ODM gear user. She was thin and had very little body fat except in her breasts, but her muscles weren't as toned and defined. In fact, they were barely visible. And you said you went down two cup sizes, but you're the same size you were when Erwin and I came to visit you in the Undercity. Hold on, you remembered my cup size from three years ago? I'm observant, he said. There's just so much about you that doesn't make sense. And what about you? Himmel dared to reach her uninjured hand out, to dance her fingers down his neck and along a collarbone. You have the musculature expected of a soldier of your prowess, but you don't look a day over twenty. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. We all age differently, he shrugged, and he leaned in, cupping her cheek in his palm. You wanted to know why I regretted cutting your hair, didn't you? Startled by their proximity, Himmel took a second to reply. I did. I cut it because I wanted to show you I was in charge of you now. But by the end, I realized all I had done was make you happy. And me. He lost his hands in her golden curls, fingertips skating across her scalp. And without thinking, she leaned into his touch. What did it make you? She whispered. He looked at her for a long moment, and then his fingers flexed in her hair. Hungry, he said, and then he dragged his teeth down her neck before planting a hard, insistent kiss there. 
Himmel gasped, stunned not only by the pleasure, but by the very action itself. It had been so long since he'd been so forward, and part of her was nervous, but she had been starved of his presence for a lifetime. She threaded her fingers through his hair as well, and tugged on it slightly, urging him to slide his body against hers. But he pulled away after a couple moments, and he removed his hand from her hair. We can't go back out there looking more disheveled than we did when we left. She hated that he was right. Rather embarrassed by how quick she had been to escalate things, she blushed and looked down at her lap. Quit that. Himmel looked back up at him in confusion and watched irritation and something else grow in his eyes. No, you can look wherever you like. You're just squeezing your tits together and it's distracting. Oh. She hadn't even realized that in her embarrassment she had pressed her arms together a little bit. She relaxed herself. Okay. Can you stitch my arm? I'll stitch your side next. Levi was already threading the needle and started sewing the three-centimeter cut in a matter of moments. I just want you to know, he said, as he leaned in closer to her arm, that the only reason I didn't kiss you on the lips is because I knew you'd need time to prepare yourself for it. What? I saw how you flinched when Oluo put his foot in his mouth last night. You looked like he punched you. It was awful wording. You think of your smile as a curse, but it's never bothered me so you better work on not letting it bother you when I kiss you. Himmel could barely believe that anyone, let alone Levi, would say these things to her. It had been shocking enough last night when everyone in the team had been able to look at her without disgust on their faces. From the time she was given this face, she had hated it. The woman who had given it to her had hated it as well, and beat her regularly for it. And most people who saw it thought that she was deranged. Those who had seen Titans knew that some of them wore similar expressions, and that brought a whole other level of disgust. So for Levi, who had probably seen more Titan faces than most other living humans, to say that it didn't bother him nearly brought tears to her eyes. You know, she said presently, when I was running those supply missions with those kids and we were writing letters back and forth, I wondered why. Why you were bothering to write me and send me those stupid books and those really expensive cakes? Why, time and time again, we cling to each other when we're drowning. He snipped the stitch and gave the needle and thread to her. Himmel was an old pro at stitching him up, and her hands were steady as she sewed the cut on his side shut. He had slid his shirt back on and was doing the buttons back up. Just about all of humanity knows us, but I think you're the only person who understands me and I am the only one who understands you. That must be it. You still only sleep a few hours a night? He asked. Yeah, last night I whittled the top for today's performance. Are you fucking... She tried not to laugh as she saw his fists clench on his lap. What a waste of time. I end up sitting here all night in this room and it's so dull. Is that what you do? Fucking whittle tops? I also took a bath and did laundry. There was a spark of devilry in his dark eyes as he said... Come to my room tonight. And that is the end of the chapter. Thanks again for listening to another chapter. Um, <laughs> had a lot of fun with this. One of my favorite parts of this story is talking about Levi and Himmel's childhood together. So we're going to see these little... Um, I guess many episodes, if you will, of the things they did uh, when they were in the Undercity together, and I hope that you enjoy them. I had a lot of fun adding Himmel to the mix of Levi's team, and 
Yeah, you know, and, you know, bonding with Eden a little bit, too. It was just a fun chapter to write, and, you know, Levi being a little bit spicy there towards the end. Gotta love that. Uh, things are picking up a little by little, and I think that's about it for me for today. One thing I noticed I'm kind of struggling with as I read these aloud is, because I'm a sub-watcher, rather than saying Captain Levi, I've written Levi Heichel. And uh, I, whenever I see the word Heichel or Danchel or Buntaichel, for example, I... I keep wanting to put whoever's name comes before that, like in the Japanese pronunciation, so instead of Levi, Levi, Eruin, instead of Erwin, and Hanji, well, Hanji's not all that different, but you get the picture. I'm struggling, I'm struggling. So I might just nix the, the Japanese titles that I've written in the text, and I may just read Captain or Commander, whatever, just for my own sanity. But yeah, alright, thanks again for listening. Please do feel free to subscribe and hit me up on AO3 with a comment letting me know what you thought. Thanks again. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.